There are so many new buffs in Colorado, but who's going to emerge as a star? Who's going to lead the team to glory? I'm going to talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Borba. In today's episode, we obviously have a nice new little breakdown of what we're going to talk about. We got a nice some pageantry, if you will. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the six buffs that I think can emerge as stars for Colorado. Um, there's so many good ones, but we're going to focus on six of them. We're going to talk about how Colorado's roster overhaul is still one of the biggest stories of college football this offseason. And then you guys asked them. I'm going to answer them. You guys have mailbag questions that I'm going to break down and kind of give my insight and opinion on so many various topics as you guys were all over the board. Um, so without further ado, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Buzz your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, so make sure to check us out. Okay, let's dive right into the six buffs that will be stars. So with all of the new roster additions, subtractions, multiplications, divisions, whatever you want to call it, um, Colorado has a lot of new players, and they have a lot of guys who – will either have a chance to emerge as stars, may have had a larger role at their previous school, or they're just looking for a chance to emerge on their own team, like Trevor Woods or someone. Um, but he's not one of my six stars for today. Um, I'm going to talk about guys that I haven't really talked about a lot. Um, I feel like I focused a lot on Jimmy Horn, Jordan Dominic. Um, so these are going to be outside of two of them because – I got to mention two of them. Um, these are going to be guys that I haven't really touched on a lot and wanted to wanted you guys to be more aware about um, as Locked on Buffs listeners or watchers, depending on how you access this podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to give you my six buffs that I think could be stars this next season, and we're going to I'll break them down and then we're kind of you guys could discuss in the comments if you agree or throw out someone you think could be a star um up first we're going with the linebacker group um a group that i consistently have called the weakest position group on the roster i think it's gotten better um but i think the one person that needs to be a star for this group to emerge and it's not levante bentley it's demoy kennedy the alabama linebacker transfer um he knows the system he is very athletic. He plays special teams, defense, offense at Alabama. Um, got some carries at running back. So with all of these mobile quarterbacks and I, dominant running game, I don't want to say dominant, but they have some good running games in the pack to run games in the Pac-12. They need someone who could be all over the field. And I think Demoy Kennedy is the perfect person to lead this defense. And I think he's the perfect person to kind of emerge as a star. Um, former top 35 recruit was never really able to carve out a consistent role at Alabama. Um, Now's his chance to kind of show maybe what maybe show Charles Kelly, because that was one of his coaches, what he was missing. Uh, I think his familiar familiarity will help him out. And I also think the fact that this is, I don't say his last chance, but sometimes for these transfers, when you get a chance to transfer to another power five program who has a more clearer path to the field, it kind of gives you like a wake up call. Like, Hey, this could be it for me. This could be the last football I play depending on how I do. And this could be my last opportunity to start at a major power five program. So obviously this isn't Alabama here, but starting at Colorado and what could be one of the biggest turnarounds in college football history is huge. So I think Demoy Kennedy is someone to look out for. He's athletic, strong. We're going to see how smart he could be. 
um, manning the middle of that defense and kind of maybe being the leader in that linebacker core. Um, moving on, I always talk about Jimmy Horn. Um, Jimmy Horn is a great route runner, great receiver. Um, you can hand him the ball. He could return it on special teams. But his teammate and running mate at USF, Xavier Weaver, um, I'm super high on him. He left USF as one of the program's most accomplished receivers of all time. Um, I think he plays much bigger than his six foot one frame. Um, he has the ability to go up and get any pass. Um, he finished his USF career with 21 starts, um, caught 116 passes, nearly 1800 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, I think he offers something dim- different than Jimmy Horn. Um, I think that he's kind of a, I don't want to say a more traditional receiver, but he's more of a, I would say, well-rounded receiver in terms of he could be used all over the field. Um, you could count on him to throw it up in the red zone and he'll c- come down and get it. He's that kind of guy. And I think Xavier Weaver is someone who needs to garner more attention. And right now, I think if I had to predict the starting receivers right now, I'd go Travis Hunter, Jimmy Horn, Xavier Weaver, and then you pick the fourth. I don't know who's going to be that fourth guy, but I think Xavier Weaver could emerge as the best receiver on this team. I'm not even joking. Um, I think you guys know how high I am on Jimmy Horn. And so for reference, Jimmy Horn was the star of spring ball. And so I'm saying that Xavier Weaver could be even better. Um, I just have that much confidence in him. I watched, I watched USF play. I love Xavier Weaver's game. He was always someone that stood out to me. Um, and I think he will do so again in Boulder. The third star, probably not too surprising, Travis Hunter. Um, Two-way player, wide receiver, defensive back, former number one overall recruit, former number one overall transfer technically because he was in the portal. Um, Obviously, we knew where he was going to end up, but he was still ranked um, the number one player. Uh, When John Garcia Jr. was on the show, he always talked about how Travis Hunter had the best ball skills he'd ever seen of anybody uh, in the recruiting circuit. So I think we're going to see a lot of Travis Hunter on display. I think the offense is going to try to force feed him the ball at times. We saw it during the spring game. And I think on defense, teams are going to want to test him. I think quarterbacks are going to want to see how good Travis Hunter truly could be. And if they want to test the former number one corner in the country, the number one player in the country, you do that. Because I don't know why you would do that, why you take that risk, but you do what you got to do. Um, I think he's just an exciting person to watch out for. Um, he's already ranked as one of the best players in the country, but I feel like I want to see him because I think we know he has that skill set, but I want to see him put it on display. Um, and that's why I think he can emerge as a star. I think he already has star name recognition, but I want to see him performance one. And I don't know if we got to see his full capability at Jackson state. Um, moving on to the safety miles slusher. Um, I think safety is a very controversial discussion right now because Obviously, there's Shiloh Sanders has just gotten to the mix. Trevor Woods has been there. Cameron Silman Craig has been there. Uh, Vito Tisdale, uh, Roderick Ward. I think all those guys are going to be good. Um, some one of them might slide down to nickel. Who knows what they're how they're going to end up getting all these guys onto the field? They have a lot of good options. Um, but I think Miles Slusher is going to lock down one of the safety positions, and I think he's by far one of the best players on this team. Um, when he left Arkansas, it was a huge blow for them. He kind of, uh, it was reported that he quit the team. Not, we don't really know why he left the team at Arkansas. Uh, he said he didn't quit. They said he did. It's one of those. He said, he said things. Um, I'm going to believe his side of the story, obviously, cause he's a buff. And because if he says he didn't quit, then he didn't quit. Um, he said, why would he quit the team? So obviously we'll just mark it down as personal reasons, but 
the Pac-12 has a ton of aerial attacks to worry about. They have Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, and the Buffs have to play, I think they have to play Utah as well. So they got to play three or four of the top four teams, and they all have really good quarterbacks who could sling the ball everywhere. And so I think having someone on the back end, like a Miles Slusher, to kind of command the defense and help out the corners who are probably going to be tested nonstop. I think he's going to be someone who emerges as a star and maybe could boost his NFL draft, draft stock. Excuse me. Staying in the secondary, Omarion Cooper, defensive back corner um, out of Florida State. We all know Travis Hunter is going to be one of the starters at corner, but who's going to be that other one? Um, a lot of people expect Cormani McLean to step in right away and start. I don't know if he's going to start right away. I think by the end of the season, Cormani McLean could end up being a starter or a key rotational piece. Um, I think he has to get a little size on him. And plus, he's not going to get there until I believe June 11th was what I saw. So he's missing some summer stuff. Um, no fault to him. He's got to finish high school and all that, all that jazz like those normal kids do. But Omarion Cooper, uh, he has some pretty big experience as a freshman he played in eight games had 16 tackles two picks four pass breakups um he had injuries this past year still played in 12 games four with four starts uh he had one pick 14 tackles and forced a fumble so i think realistically if they want a transfer or excuse me a starter who has experience and who can who has shown the ability to lock down power five receivers amarian cooper's right there and i think he'd be a perfect pairing um opposite of travis hunter and our last potential star, um, Shadur Sanders. Obviously, I think you guys all view his, view him as a star. I view him as a star at Jackson State. I think he needs to emerge as a star at Colorado. Um, I don't think that's like I'm not no knock against him. I just think he needs to show the Power Five world, show the Pac-12 what he's made of. Um, he, had, he threw for seven thousand yards, seventy touchdowns, handful of picks, nothing too crazy. And I think he has the potential to emerge as one of the better quarterbacks in the Pac-12. Um, we just need to see him uh, on the field, and so. He has huge, one of the best arms in the country. Um, he's pretty mobile. Um, he's not like a, I don't think he's a Caleb Williams type of runner where he's going to be running in circles and running backwards. I think he, when he runs, he'll run forward when he needs to. I don't think he's obviously uh, trying to be any Johnny Manziel type of guys, but he could still run past you and he offers a great dual threat for the buffs. So excited for him. Um, and I think he, will be a star this upcoming season. So those have been my six stars. Um, there's plenty more to discuss. I think those are the six that I want to focus on the most right now. Um, we'll discuss even more as time goes on. Um, but make a fake, make a, a fast break to the FanDuel, <laughs> make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Because right now, and let me, let me pull it up for you. Right now, you right there watching or listening to the show can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win what you could, what you need to know about FanDuel, They have great promotions every day, safe and secure app, super easy to use. You get paid instantly. There's no, Oh, I need to wait an hour for my payment to come through. FanDuel is very consistent. They pay you right away. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action. That's America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. You're going to no sweat. First bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Go bet on the NBA finals or something. It's time. Okay. We talked about the six stars of, or six people who I think could rise as stars this, this upcoming season. Um, now let's talk about the, the roster overhaul. It's kind of a big deal. Um, it, in an article by Bleach Report yesterday, I was 
reading it and i just thought it was interesting that regardless of how long ago it feels the spring game exodus if you will is still one of the most talked about things in college football and rightfully so i think coach prime has revolutionized how the transfer portal is used uh, i think depending on how he succeeds this season which obviously no coach is coach prime in the country but doesn't mean other coaches aren't going to try to use his methods I think he's revolutionized how teams, specifically first-year head coaches and coaches of bad, um, like bad teams, so a team that struggles this year, how they might use it next year. He revolutionized the portal um, by basically having everybody leave to bring in as many people as he can. I don't know if it's going to work. We're going to find out together. I'm confident that he has some good talent, like I just highlighted six stars, but is it going to work when they all get together? Only way to find out is when they take the field, but um, Bleach Report had an interesting, interesting take on it. He said, they said every offseason, this is David Kenyon, every offseason coaching staffs around the nation will nudge players towards the transfer portal. Sometimes it's a very direct statement. In other cases, the conversation isn't necessarily empathetic. The reality is these discussions happen just about everywhere. Colorado, however, is turning over the roster at an unparalleled pace. More than 50 scholarship players have decided to transfer since December because of recently changed NCAA rules. There are no limitations on how many newcomers Colorado could take. Like it or not, Sanders is completely revamping the program through the portal. Um, very good point. I think that was the biggest thing that I took away from this entire process was that it wasn't that people were mad that Coach Prime was using the portal in the way that he is. People were mad that he or at the rate he is. People were mad that he was basically telling these kids to get out. Um, I think when the transfer portal, a one-time transfer rule was enacted, um, it was a way f- to give the players power. For the longest time, players had never had power. They could, had a tr- If they transferred, they had to sit out a year, but coaches could willingly take a job at Georgia Tech then hop over to Alabama or wherever. You know, they had no punishment for coaches moving, but there was always a punishment for players. And if you're a regular student, um, if you transferred from Texas to Baylor or Colorado to Colorado State, there's no punishment for you. You just enroll in classes, and it's not like you um, – have to sit out a semester and then wait a year or something. Maybe your credits don't transfer, but other than that, there was no punishment. But athletes, specifically football players, they had to transfer and sit out. And so they have this new, all this new power and the the players were using it, maybe abusing it in the the NIL circuit. But I don't think anyone accounted on it to be used this way. Um, So I think a lot of people were a little shocked. Um, before I continue, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Boast your first listen. Everydayers, that's what I call my everyday listeners. You guys provide great questions like we have today. I want you guys to continue to comment, continue to like, subscribe, and share. I appreciate you guys. Um, just want to let you know that. Um, but back to what I was saying. I think people got upset with Coach Prime's methods because, it, especially since you see it on well-off media, uh, I think it kind of showed the dark side of college football, the side of college football where it's like, these kids are getting kicked off rosters, but it's happening in secret. It's making they're making it seem like it's their choice or whatever. Coach Prime was literally telling guys, "We don't need you on the roster. We need you to." It would be better for both of us to hit the portal. Um, and I think, while obviously that's not the most, I guess, PC way of doing it. This isn't a PC world. Coach Prime has a job to do. These players, and he talked about it the other day. He said, "If you want to be paid like a professional, you're going to be treated like a professional." And I don't think a lot of these college athletes are ready for that. And I think it's going to put a lot more, which I already think there should have been emphasis, but finding the right home for you. Um, I think a lot of these college kids, um, they, they commit to offers at programs that they want to go to, but they know that they're not 
perfect fits for. So, for example, a lot of kids want to go to, for example, Alabama. Um, but if are you going to Alabama to compete? Are you going to Alabama to say you're going to Alabama? And I think a lot of these kids will need to make better, better decisions because if Coach Prime kind of inspired a movement here, then there's going to be more coaches kind of ushering players out the door. Um, but I still think the roster overhaul is something that could work out in Coach Prime's favor just because he has a great staff. I think this could be a total failure if he had a bad staff or a less experienced staff. Um, but he has a great, a greatly experienced staff in Boulder with Sean Lewis, Charles Kelly, and all those guys. So it's going to, I think it'll work out. Um, I don't think it's going to be a roster overall every year, but I think a lot of players need to kind of sit down and evaluate where they decide to go to school. Is it really the best fit for them? Um, and all that, because I think coach prime kind of caught the, the brunt of some criticism that felt a little unfair, but he also was willing to kind of take that criticism to rebuild a roster after a team finished so poorly last season. Um, okay. Before we move on, um, I want you guys to know again, I appreciate you up next. As you can see up here to my, to my right, um, probably your left. If you're watching, I don't know how it flips either way up here to my right. We're going to be doing some mailbag questions. Um, when we come back, welcome back. We are here. We're going to do some mailbag questions, mailbag question time. Okay. So you guys throughout the past few weeks or so have been asking me some mailbag questions. I've been saving them all, um, doing the best ones, uh, moving forward. I think you guys should put like a little mail emoji or mailbag question. Um, some of these have been asked to me on YouTube comments. Some of these have been DM to me and I save them all. Um, I'm going to do one, two, three, four, five. Um, the five that I thought were the most interesting that would spark your guys' attention the most. So up first, how would TCU prepare for Colorado? Um, this question really stood out to me because it was asked a while back too. And I, I kind of addressed it back then. Um, it stood out to me because one, it's a great question. How the heck do you prepare for a team that has 50 new players um, new coaching staff, new systems. I think it's going to, it's a complicated pre preparation pe period for TCU. Excuse me. I think what you have to do is one, you got to look at Sean Lewis's film at call or Kent state. Excuse me. <clears throat> got to look at Sean Lewis's film at Kent state. You have to look at how his offense runs. You look at Shadur Sanders's play at Jackson state. I think you prepare the most for Shadur. Then you look at individual weapons. So you're going to watch some Jackson State film, look at Travis Hunter, how they use him on offense, look at the spring game as well. Um, that's a, going to be a tell. But obviously in the spring game, majority of the people that were doing well, Montana Lamonis Craig, uh, Chase Sowell, and other guys like that, they left. So you kind of have to start from scratch. So you're going to look at USF. You're going to watch some USF film and watch what uh, Jimmy Horn Jr.'s skill set was. You're going to watch what Xavier Weaver's skill set was. Defensively, this one's a little more tough. I think I think they watch Alabama's scheme. Um, I don't think that they're – I think they're going to scheme for certain people like Jordan Dominic, but since there's so many different variables on defense um, and so many different looks, I think you just got to look at the scheme and recognize the – have your quarterbacks recognize the looks. So that way you kind of – I don't know. That That's the tough part. Um, that's the tough part in terms of how you scheme for a defense that has – 12 or 12 11 new starters um but you're just gonna have to look at their pressures their blitz packages and all that kind of determine from there so that was a great question that's how i think tcu will prepare and then obviously after that all the other teams will be able to go off tcu's game film and not saying that it's going to be cookie cutter the same every game but it should be similar okay 
The other question that I thought was interesting, which Colorado assistant will be the first to land a power five head coaching job? Um, I think, I think this has Sean Lewis written all over it. Um, he was already a head coach at Kent state it was kind of trending in the right direction to get another head coaching job. But I think by taking the offensive coordinator job at Colorado, he kind of sets himself up to be a, a power five head coach. Um, just because if he succeeds right away, um, he has his resume at Kent state already. Plus he has success at the power five level with his offense. Defense, defense. Sorry, my microphone got unplugged there. I was going to say he's already had success with the flash fast offense, but now it's going to be the bus offense. Um, so he just needs to prove that he, his offense works at the power five level. I think he has, um, head coach written all over him. Um, not sure where he'd go. Not sure what kind of head coaching job he would land. Maybe Cal. Um, assuming Justin Wilcox doesn't work out. Um, uh, let's see. Maybe I'm trying to think of other Power Five programs that are opening up. I don't think he lands a Texas A&M job. I don't know if he lands a job that big, but he might land uh, a lower tier Power Five job. Um, but I think Sean Lewis is the next person up. Um, Colorado's over under is three and a half. How can they move that? Um, I don't think they can. I think the problem uh, with Colorado, it's not really a problem, is there's so much, there's so many unknowns going into the season. And so I think that they're using things such as the FPI, which has them as one of the tougher schedules in the country. Um, I think they're using things such as the Pac 12 is probably the most stiff competition uh, conference in the country right now. And they have to play a lot of the top teams. And so I think they're going to use that against Colorado. So three and a half, I think. They're also basing it off of if you look at every game on Colorado's schedule, how many games would they be favored? Right now, I think they could be favored at Stanford, uh, against Stanford, excuse me, Colorado State, and then Arizona State. So those three games that I think that Colorado would be favored in. Um, and so I think that's kind of how they get that number. And so I, I just, I don't know if there's any change in the three and a half, um, but I will say if you're betting, if you live in a state where it's legal to bet, I would consider hitting the over on that. Um, next question. This one came during the Pat Narduzzi era of Colorado beefs. Is Pat Narduzzi being hypocritical for his criticism of the portal? I think yes and no. Um, I think he's trying to be empathetic for the players that are kind of being kicked to the curb because obviously a lot of these guys, they've been the best player in high school, probably Pop Warner, junior high, whatever levels of football they've played. And so now they're being told that they're not good enough. Um, so I think he feels bad about for them. Um, the interesting part, though, is I think, and a lot of you point this out, he didn't take any buffs for his roster. So I feel like if he's, if you're going to criticize Coach Prime for kicking guys off and saying that there's going to be some good ones on there, why don't you land a few of them? Maybe he tried and didn't land them. I don't know. Um, but I feel like he could have kind of put his money where his mouth is and maybe added a few buffs if if he felt so inclined to make comments about how coach prime is bad for college football. And then last question, this one's going to be the most controversial is Co is Colorado Deion Sanders Deion Sanders coach primes forever job. Um, I'm going to say probably not. I don't know if it's for his forever job, but does anyone really have a forever job these days? Um, he's already worked in TV. Who knows if maybe he'll get an NFL nod eventually. Um, but I think this question was more so alluding to, is he going to leave soon? 
And let me change it to that. I don't think he's going to leave soon because let's think about it right now. Um, both of his sons have two years of eligibility left. I think they're both going to stay at Colorado for two years. So already he's locked in for two years for sure. Two, we don't know how good Colorado is going to be this year. We don't know how going to be good they're going to be next year. But he he probably wants to lead this program to success. I don't think he's going to have a, an eleven one an eleven and one season right away. He could, but he might. He probably won't. And so I think he wants to build this program up, leave it in better condition than what he found it in. To Colorado's moving to the Big Twelve, or not moving, but they could be moving to the Big Twelve. Excuse me. And what does that mean for Coach Prime? Well, he has Texas roots. Um, it could get him back into Florida when they play UCF and stuff. So Colorado's going to have a lot to offer. I think there's three jobs, realistically, that I think I could see being available and being jobs that interest Coach Prime. One, Texas A&M. He has Texas ties. He His sons played high school football in Texas. His other son played at SMU. Um, Deion Sanders Jr. played at SMU. Um I think if Jimbo Fisher gets fired within the next three years, maybe. Um, if he's fired after this season, obviously not. Miami with Mario Cristobal. Um, obviously, Coach Prime has a lot of Florida ties, and if he were to take a, a coaching job in Florida, don't know if it would be Miami because he's an FSU guy, but who knows. And then three, I think you look at a program like Oklahoma, blue blood, blue blood caliber program that's kind of struggling with Brett Venables. Maybe that's a job he takes. But again, this is all Brevin of is only year two. Unless he goes one and eleven this year or something, he's not going to be. None of these jobs are going to be open anytime soon. And so I think Colorado is. I think people want to see him leave Colorado, and I think he's here for four or five years minimum, is what I would say. Um, that'd be my guess. Obviously, I don't know. That's just me speculating. But again, I appreciate. I appreciate the questions. I want to do a mailbag every Friday. So make sure to fire in your questions in the comment section. Maybe throw in like a little mailbag question tag so that way I can see it better. Um, just because I don't see all of your guys' questions right away. Um, but I appreciate you guys for tuning in to Lockdown Buffs. I am Kevin Borba. I will see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. And I, again, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share. We're getting close to 2,000. I want to get to like 10,000, 5,000 by the season. So let's let's get there. Let's subscribe. Let's get that number up. Um, so yeah, appreciate you guys for tuning in.